Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Many families have fallen victim to spiritual hauntings, and every once in a while, their stories find their way to us. Now Paratruth presents A Happy Haunting with special guest Harold Hogarth. What's up folks? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are glad to be here with you this week. I think that song kind of tells the tale about kind of Paratruth Radio and kind of what we're going to talk about, too, because it says, people live in the darkness, never to step into the light. Hmm. Interesting. When we first started this, we were in the darkness and then came came to the light. Came to the light. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we've been through a lot. And, uh, you know, I was actually just thinking about it upstairs, uh, you know, about eh, two hours ago now. It was around... You know, earlier today. And, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking, we've come a really far way, long way from night stalkers. And I know we, we've mentioned this before in the past, but folks, I don't think you quite understand. Like, the places that we've gone already with Paratruth Radio and just the effort that Justin has put in behind it. Uh, cause you know, I, I, I I'm not gonna be one to take all the credit for anything because Justin really does the majority of everything on this show. It's, as far as I'm concerned, it's his baby. I just uh, <laughs> tag along. You're just on for the ride, huh? Look, I, if you guys are watching the video, I just sit here and I drink my Capri Sun. That's all I do. <laughs> Say something here and there. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's stupid. But, hey, at least I'm talking. But, uh, no, you know, I think uh, depending on how, you know, I think it's definitely not an equal effort. Let's put it that way. Justin definitely works harder when it comes to this show. And I think a big reason behind that, quite frankly, is because it is Justin's baby and not really mine, you know. Uh, I'm one of those, this is just being open and honest here, I'm someone when looking at the radio show who loves, I love doing the radio. I love doing Paratruth Radio. But it's not something I'm holding on to either, you know. If it's gone one day, it's gone and that's it. I, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but I know it means a lot more to Justin and... You know, I'm with him as far as we can go. Um, and I, when it comes to the creative side of things, doing the music and this and that, you know, I'm there. I'm ready to do it. But uh, I, just take a moment, folks, and just nice little round of applause for Justin for his hard work. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. 
So, what would you, what you drinking there, man? Oh, my favorite. Jack and Coke. That Jack and mm-hmm. Coke. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard, folks. Every once in a while, though, it, it's rare. But you need to find this little tiny Jack, you know, the little guy. And you just drop him in the Coke. And that's how you get Jack and Coke, for those <laughs> of you who don't know. There's not many of them in this world. But on occasion, you'll find one. So, a little leprechaun named Jack and just pop him in your Coke. <laughs> We're going to get those haters out there that uh, are like, save Leprechaun, or Matt, Leprechaun Matters Live, Lep- uh, Leprechaun whatever. Matters what is it? Jeez, Lepre- I can't even say it. Leprechaun Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, pe- some people out there listening hate us right now. But um, Well, I think that brings up a very valid point that all lives matter. Fairies' lives matter. Bigfoot's lives matter. Um, and something that has gotten on my nerves and a lot of people have brought it up, you know, all lives matter. Yes, black people lives matter, but they don't matter any more or less than anybody else's, in my opinion. And I just want to put that out there because there are a lot of people that are doing this black lives matter, uh, protests. They come up against a all lives matter people protesting back and end up merging together to do all lives matter so like really what is the point of this movement and a lot of people are kind of it's kind of turning into a conspiracy theory where they're uh the person i forget who it is that's backing them from the government but there's somebody backing this from the government uh to descend the ethnicities, I'm not going to even call them races because we're all one race. We're all the human race. We're all different ethnicities, if you want to call it that. So Mm -hmm. it's something that's been on my mind and I wanted to bring up on the show because it's it's still there. Like, it's not going away. Well, you know, speaking of conspiracy theories, and I'll I'll bring it up because I was actually, this past weekend, or last weekend, I was talking with my buddy about conspiracy theories, and we went on for a while, just all kinds of stuff. It's funny, folks. We don't talk about it on the radio, but I can talk about conspiracy theories for quite a bit when I'm off the radio. I just don't like talking about it on the radio. Uh, it's not good radio all the time. Uh, it's just kind of weird and crazy. It's not something we should focus on. But there is this cons- a, a theory out there right now that a certain president that may be in office right now uh, is allowing certain things to happen, and we see this racial war uh, kind of going on in our country, and it's not just against white and black, but, you know, against a number of different races, too. Mm. Um, although white and black is probably the most dominant in, in regards to the race war. Uh, but it almost seems that there's a conspiracy that our president is possibly pushing for a civil war to break out before his term is up. Uh, why exactly? We don't know, you know, where this conspiracy comes from. You know, I don't have the sources in front of me, but it's interesting to think about because over the last few years, we have seen certain things happen, which could lead to a certain civil war, which, you know, it's a dangerous thing. That's for sure. Uh, and of course, I don't know that what that would mean for the country. But even looking at our current nominees for president right now, in both the Democratic and the Republican Party, you know, it's causing quite an uprising on both sides. So we'll see what happens. But I don't know if you want to say anything about that necessarily. I don't know. Oh, no. it's, it's been coming for a long time. I mean, 
I'm a firm believer that uh, history repeats itself, and mm-hmm. we've, as a country, been dividing and dividing and dividing since the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of made amends with each other, and it all came together. But as history or as as time has progressed, we're just going back into that same type of separation where. We're, we're separating on different topics, like, for example, the, the religious separation that's going on between Christian and Muslim. There's, there's a rise in Muslim population coming in the United States, and that's separating the United States. The, the race war, quote unquote, that it's called is separating the United States, and, um, there's a couple other, uh, Topics that have kind of started separating everybody, and it's getting to the point that I I could foresee that a civil war might be coming. Uh, is there a way to stop it? Sure, but if if any type of military or or government group has anything to say about it, they'll make it happen to put the little people in their place again. So, all right. Well. <clears throat> Folks, this episode isn't about conspiracy theories, isn't about civil wars or <laughs> not about civil war either. Anything like that. But uh it is something dear to our hearts, per se. Because it is something that both Justin and I have experienced. It is what many of you have experienced in the past. We have talked about it numerous times, whether it were our our own uh personal experiences or experiences of a friend or a family member or just a random story we would come across. Uh, we've talked about our investigations into it and et cetera, et cetera. In particular, it's stories about hauntings. Uh, and in this case, it's one story about a particular haunting. There is a man that we have on the show tonight. His name is Harold Hogarth, and he actually, actually came to us. Uh, he, he wanted to share his story uh, about a haunting that happened to him and his family, uh, whether or not he was necessarily a victim, or what his viewpoint is inside is on the on the whole take between you know what is a haunting and you know is it was it positive was it negative et cetera et cetera we don't know we don't know anything about it yet, about it yet this is kind of uh, as new to us as it is going to be to you guys everything we hear we don't there's nothing I don't have anything on him I couldn't find anything so we don't know what to expect but uh, I think without further ado why don't we just go to the line with Harold and. Learn a little bit about his story. Harold, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's good to have you here, sir. Well, uh, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy to do this. Uh, I've had the story for a long time and, and, uh, I've talked to a lot of people about it and, and everybody's fascinated by what happened with us. Cool. Great, great. Well, you know, We've had a lot of people talk to us about their personal experiences. We as well have uh, shared our own personal experiences. And I would say that many people around the world have either had an experience or felt victim to hauntings. So Mm -hmm. my very first question is just simply, why is it that you feel your story is so important to tell the world? 
Well, you know, you, you, you get along in life and you talk about ghosts and a lot of people uh, were the paranormal and people, you know, a lot of people are very skeptical about that. Um, <laughs> and then you grow up and you, you kind of get a little skeptical saying, well, you know, it's on TV and it can't be true because it's on TV and most of that stuff's made up or whatever. But when it actually happens, um, then you, then, <laughs> I mean, it opens up a whole new ball game with Val, this is for real, you know, <laughs> this is a real deal here. Yeah, I think that's kind of how we were at first before we started having experiences ourselves as well, and when we first started doing, we had a different show uh, years ago, and we actually kind of coincided that with starting a paranormal group. And the mm-hmm. one thing that I, I'm a firm believer of is no matter what show it is out there, whether it's ghost adventures, whether it's ghost hunters, unfortunately, they have to make up stuff sometimes. And it's because they're they're on TV. They're required to get ratings in order to stay on. And it's, oh, not, sure. it's not reality TV. And, and according to me, none of these reality, quote-unquote, shows are reality. They're just reality entertainment if you will so yeah it's kind of it's kind of hard to describe to somebody who is a skeptic or who has never had the experience before right well you know in tv you know like you say they they have to get ratings and they have to plug something in uh, 30 minutes uh, and they usually have to do it over a week or so but this all this that happened uh, with us was was not over a week it was over months Mm-hmm. Almost about a year, year and a half that it was going on before uh, before it finally stopped. So um, it was it was very interesting. And, and the fact was, is he uh, the young man that killed himself was a uh, Navajo Indian, um, and uh, I, I really had to go get some some direction from the medicine men and the Navajo tribe to figure out how to how to. Uh, how to get them off to the, uh, to, you know, to greener pastures, so to speak. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was quite, and, and I'll go over that with the story when we when we start to talk about it. So right. it's, it's really interesting. <clears throat> well, let's go ahead and start uh, talking about it. Why don't you tell us exactly okay. how it began? Well, uh, I used to have a, a business right here in, uh, in uh, Missouri, and uh, we had a building that had two separate businesses in the same building, kind of like a condo building. Mm-hmm. And it was about, I don't know, 6,000 feet on, the, on each side. And uh, on my side, I was manufacturing products, and on the other side was a uh, school, uh, a woodworking school, in which they, uh, uh, when GM was uh, going to go out of business here, or Ford, Ford and G- no, actually it was Ford, when they were going to close their plant, they were uh, retraining people. And some of these guys took this, these classes and retrained to uh, woodworking. So we had a woodworking school. And in the woodworking school, uh, the owner, uh, I'll, I'll name him Chris. I won't name last names, but anyway, his name is Chris, and he had this young Indian boy, uh, Navajo, pure purebred Navajo Indian, that, that worked for him. And he's a young man, and come to find out, he had a he had a young baby and a and a girlfriend. Um, and uh, so, as uh, as it happened, the um, 
the, the, the young man wasn't showing up to work. And of course the boss brought him in when he showed up and he says, look, you know, you, you have to work, uh, in order to, to take care of your baby and your, your girlfriend or your soon to be wife. And you just, you just have to work. You gotta come to work and work and make money. And, and that's the way it, it rolls. And, uh, the pressure got to the, the young man. So one morning when I was on the way to work, uh, I see all the ambulances and and stuff zipping by, and I'm going, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> I hope no one at my place got hurt. And so when I got there, they <clears throat> had the police outside, and and come to find out that the, the young man had hung himself inside the building. And so uh, <clears throat> that was uh, it was quite a traumatic experience for a lot of the people there because they knew the young man. So uh, a few months later. <clears throat> the uh, Miss uh, Chris, the owner of, of the business, came to me and he said, uh, "Do you guys have a key to my my place?" And I said, "Well, no, not really. I mean, we there's nothing that we we would need in your workshop. Um, and a part of the workshop, they had different uh, spots, uh, like they had the 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 sawing uh, place. They had the the uh, uh, place where you put the finish on the wood and sanding and so on and so forth. So as you were working on a project, you went from place to place. And he said, well, <clears throat> I'm the last one here at night, and when I get in in the morning, some of my tools are moved. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if you had somebody that liked to play a joke or something. I said, Chris, we, we don't we don't have a uh, a key to your building, so and there's no nobody would want to want to go in there and, and do anything like that. So you know, a little while later, he came back to me uh, a few days later. And he says, "Are you sure nobody's kidding in my building?" And I said, "No." He said, "Well, there's some really weird stuff going on, and it's and it's directed at me. Um, uh, things are just just." Picked up and moved, and and I don't know who's who's messing messing with me. So, um, then things started happening in my building. Um, my workers would be out there. Just uh, I, I used to have a stereo out there to, for production where they would listen to the stereo, and and the amplifier didn't have any uh, remote controls or anything to it, and and certain songs would come on, and the volume knob would just turned down to nothing <laughs> and and like people are going like what's happening here it's just like that doesn't happen right. and then people look at each other and say did you turn down the volume no did you turn no and uh and so we started to think boy that is really weird so so i got back together with chris and i says chris does that kind of do you think we have a ghost and he says well i wasn't going to say it but yeah i, I think uh his spirit is is uh, I think his spirit is here. So I said, "Well, how do we get rid of him?" And he says, "I don't know." <laughs> so, so during that time, a couple months later, um, the uh, place moved out. Uh, the uh, uh, he had to move. Uh, Chris had to move the the school into a, a bigger building across town, and uh, it was empty. And uh, I had owned the building at that time, so I. Uh, I, I started putting stuff on the other side of the building. Now, the other side of the building, there was no one there. There was nothing in there. It was just quiet, calm. And once in a while, I'd walk in there, and and in each of these 
little spots that they did the sanding and all that kind of stuff. Up above, they had this a big chain with a big uh, sign saying "finishing department" or or sawing department or mm-hmm. or sanding department. Well, in the finishing department, <laughs> this piece of wood would be swinging, <laughs> just like a, a kid would be swinging on a swing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm out here. That there's no there's no air. Uh, you know, there's, there's no doors open, there's no fans on, and this thing's just swinging like something. So I knew it. I knew that there was a, a situation there where, where, um, we, we had, a, a activity going on there. So, uh, you know, I, uh, went to, uh, I, I was a Rotarian in the Rotary Club, and, and I went to the Rotary Club, and we had Father Tillman. And I walked up to Father Tillman. I says, Father Tillman, I says, I have a ghost. And he looked at me, and, I mean, he, he didn't laugh. He just looked at me and says, well, is he friendly or is he mischievous? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I says, well, he's, he's, he's little of both. I mean, he's, he's not scaring anybody, and he's just mischievous. He's, he's moving things. He's turning down the stereo. He's, he's up uh, swinging on the rafters and... I don't know what to do about it. And he says, well, do you want me to come over and do a, you know, pray that he leaves or something? I says, oh, come on, Rich, you know. I said, that would be, that would be something, but I I don't think that'd be, you know, I I think it's just a little mischievous. So, and and it was an absolute sober, uh, uh, a very serious conversation we had. And and I'm, I'm looking at him like, my gosh, you know, you're a priest. And I mean, you're just like asking me, well, is he mischievous? It wasn't like, oh yeah, you're right. You're kidding me. It was like, you know, there you go. (laughs) So that was, uh, that was, uh, so I said, well, I'm not sure what to do. And he says, you know what? He says, call the Navajo tribe, uh, call, call the, the tribe, which this, uh, the kid was in and ask them what to do. And I said, well, you know, that makes sense. So I did some studying and and got some phone numbers of the elders of the Navajo tribe down in, I think it was New Mexico, I believe. And I got a hold of a guy, uh, uh, a medicine man, who I guess is their spiritual leader. And I said, hey, I've I've got a little problem. He says, well, what can I help you with? And And I said, well, I have... Uh, a ghost, uh, uh, and he was a young Navajo um, uh, Indian, and and I and and he told me exactly what happened. He said, "Well, I, I don't know the kid. I don't know. I don't know anything about the story, but I can tell you that this is what happened." And I and I'm just blown away by the fact that this guy, you know, it's like a fortune teller or something. It's just really bizarre. So yeah, and he says, well, you know, he says uh, I like uh, I like St. Louis. He says uh, three thousand dollars plus expenses, and I'll come and send him on home. <laughs> and I'm going like, yeah, great, you know, three thousand bucks. I'm not going to pay by three thousand dollars if if uh, you know if, if he's just going to come and and do a few chants and try to get rid of the the ghost that wasn't really bothering him. He's just very mischievous. Mm-hmm. But during that time, a few other things happened. Uh, I had a, a sales manager by the name of Betty, 
And uh, one one day we were just uh, sitting there and we were talking about the kid, and she says, "Oh, you mean are you talking about Jamie hanging around again?" And we're all going like, "Oh, that's a bad joke." <laughs> and so she uh, she had to stay late uh, to do some work, and uh, well, all the doors were locked and everything, and she was in her office doing some work, and something smacked her upside the head, hmm. and. Uh, she, and she called me on her way home, and she says, I'm never going back there again, and and I'm never staying at nighttime, and I'm not going to be there without anybody there because somebody, that, that ghost smack, smacked me upside the head. And, and I thought about it, and I said, well, weren't you making jokes about Jamie and, and hanging around or something? And she says, well, I'm never going to do that again. So that was an instance where uh, that was a, she just actually, it's like somebody just came up to the side. You know how you do when you're a kid and smack right. the upside the head or what my mom used to do to me all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, that happened. And then the, and then we actually saw the ghost. Um, my son, who... Uh, had been in school when all this happened. Uh, didn't know about this. He, we didn't say anything to anybody about it. And one day he 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 started working for me. And a few months later, he uh, was walking <clears throat> from the office into the production uh, floor. And there was a little office off to the side. And he looked in there, and here was this person in there. And he thought it was one of our one of the girls that worked out in shipping, he walked out the door, and there she was. Mm-hmm. So he turned around and walked back into that room, and, and the person was gone. And he says, I just, I just, there's something weird here. And I said, what? And he says, well, Dad, I, he says, I just saw somebody with long, dark hair and, and wearing a red shirt and Levi's and, and uh, you know, tennis shoes. And I here I thought it was, you know, our 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 shipping lady, and it wasn't. Uh, it was gone, you know, and then it, it had no other doors to go out of. So I um, went ahead and called the uh, police department, and I got a hold of the detective that was the investigator, and I said, I'm going to ask you something really weird here. I says, do you remember the Jamie case? And he says, oh, yes, I do. And I said, was he wearing a red shirt with like Metallica on the back of it? And was he wearing Levi's and, and white tennis shoes? And he says, "Is this a joke?" And I said, "No, it's not a joke. I'm just, I'm just asking." And then and he comes back. He looks in the the folder, and he comes back on the phone. He says, "Well, that's exactly what he was wearing." <laughs> so there was an actual. He appeared, and. Um, then things really got, uh, that was kind of spooky. <laughs> when somebody actually, um, you know, when, I, uh, when, when when he actually saw that. Now getting back to when I was talking to the, the, the Indian, uh, the, um, or Native American, uh, uh, medicine man, he said, what you can do is you just go tell the spirit it's time to go home. That the person that you that he is he's he's upset at he's a, obviously he's upset at the guy that used to be there uh, somehow the the spirit is blaming him for uh, having to do what he did uh, and he's trying to confront uh, his spirit is trying to confront the owner of the woodshop 
and you have to convince uh, the spirit that he's not coming back and it's time to move on. And so that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I went next door. Uh, you know, and, I, and you feel so weird because, I mean, it's like you're talking to no one or what you think is no one. And and I went next door and I said, Jamie, I said, you know, I said, Chris is gone. He's not coming back. He's he's never coming back here. And you're just kind of wasting your time, bud. I think it's time you move on uh, to whatever spirit world you're moving on to. And, you know, after that, we never had a problem. Hmm. Hmm. And, and the folks that are in the building now, I, I told them the story. And uh, to some skepticism, I think. But anyway, uh, nothing's ever happened there. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that was our experience with, uh, uh, with paranormal. It, was, uh, it made me a believer in ghosts, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to take our first break uh, before we get into the questions here. Folks, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here on the Paratruth Radio Network. We will be back with our guest, uh, Harold Hogarth. But first, Eric's random back to the day. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that a study recently found that people have a shorter attention span than a goldfish? According to Time.com, in an article written by Kevin McSpadden, the average attention span for the notoriously ill-focused goldfish is 9 seconds. But according to a new study from Microsoft Corp., people now generally lose concentration after 8 seconds, highlighting the effects of an increasingly digitalized lifestyle on the brain. Researchers in Canada surveyed 2,000 participants and studied the brain activity of 112 others using EEGs. Microsoft found that since the year 2000, the average attention span dropped from 12 seconds to 8 seconds. On the positive side, the report says our ability to multitask has drastically improved in the mobile age. Microsoft theorized that the changes were a result of the brain's ability to adapt and change itself over time, and a weaker attention span may be a side effect of evolving to a mobile internet. The survey also confirmed generational differences for mobile use. For example, 77% of people aged 18 to 24 respond yes when asked, when nothing is occupying my attention, the first thing I do is reach for my phone, compared with only 10% of those over the age of 65. This was Eric's That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. 
And we've been talking to Harold Hogarth about his experience that he had uh, with the haunting in his old business. Now, Harold, uh, when you finally got rid of this ghost, one thing that a lot of people will do is they will have a priest come to a blessing. They will try and use uh, the white sage method or the salt method where you do whites all around the house, all the all the paranormal stuff as we've come to know it. Um, did anybody ever offer that type of advice to you before doing anything else, like asking the ghost to leave? Um, yeah, uh, the priest, uh, Father Tillman, said he would come and do, uh, I, I guess, pray. Um, I, I don't know if it was exactly an exorcism or not. I think that's out of body, but... Um, but you know, he, he did offer to come and, and pray. And I said, well, I said, you know, Rich, since, <laughs> since, uh, uh, the little guy's not, he, he's harmless. I mean, he's not scaring anybody except for smacking Betty upside the head. But other than that, he, he, uh, he was just really, I felt was just there in spirit and not knowing where to go or waiting for, Chris to come back and try to figure out how to confront him. I guess I don't know. That's, mm-hmm. but no. Uh, when the when the, uh, the the medicine man said that he would certainly come out here, and I wasn't going to pay, you right. know, pay three thousand dollars for him to fly out and pay his expenses while he's here, you know. Uh, but he did. He did finally tell me. He says, you know, if you just ask him to leave, tell him that that the, the demand that you're um, that you're upset with, that you want to confront, is gone. He's never coming back, and and uh, he, he might leave. And mm-hmm. to which I think he did. Okay. Okay. Well, did you notice at any point during these uh, encounters, I guess, uh, with the spirit, that they were more likely to happen on certain days, or when certain tensions are you know risen, or maybe certain times of the day, or anything like that? No, um, it didn't. You know, with the stereo it was interesting because only certain songs would come on, <laughs> and, and you know, it would uh, it, the, the the stereo turned down. I mean, you just sit there and watch the dial go down, and and I at first I think, okay, who's playing games here? Who has a remote control? There's no remote control with this, Mister Hogarth. You know, we don't have one. This. This thing is just, and, and they said the dial, you just sit there because the dial was lit up a little bit. He right. said, the dial just turns right down. And there's just certain songs I can't, I think, I think one of the songs, believe it or not, was Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> and, 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 and then there's a couple, uh, because my guys like, they like the hard rock, you know, there was, um, uh, there was a couple of Black Sabbath songs that he didn't like either. Um, once in a while they'd play and, and boom, all of a sudden the stereo would turn off or, or it would turn down. But as far as, uh, I, I think, uh, a little bit more toward early afternoon, mm-hmm. maybe about 11 to 3 o'clock was, was mainly when we saw, uh, that kind of activity on my side of the building. Um, when I saw the uh, swings, uh, when, when I saw the sign swinging next door, it was usually in the afternoon right before I went home, you know, okay. 6 o'clock, 6.30, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's interesting that you bring up the 11 to 3, um, because Eric and I just had a conversation yesterday about uh, what they call the witching hour, and this is at night, and I had told him, well, to to my, recogle- my recollection and research, it's always been 3 a.m., and he was saying, well, mm-hmm. it, it, from what I remember, it's at, at midnight, and now they're saying 11 to 2, so it's interesting that it happened at 11 to 3 in the afternoon, but yeah. ghosts or spirits or if, if you believe in demonic entities, they don't have a sense of time, so really they wouldn't know what they're doing. But um, did you ever, did you guys have like a burglary system or anything that would, would go off by accident at night or other than his the Chris's side being unlocked? Was there any other things that were out of place on your side when that was happening? Uh, no, not on my not on my my place. Um, uh, we did have a burglar alarm, uh, but it was uh, mainly doors. Okay. Uh, we didn't have the uh, we didn't have any of the uh, no lasers, you know, motion like motion detectors or anything like that. Um, it, it was uh, you know, and and again, uh, Chris's stuff. Now Chris's stuff was done. Uh, he usually left about seven o'clock at night and got in about seven thirty in the morning. So okay. you know, the witching was, so to speak, I guess, was done, or the shenanigans was done between you know eight o'clock at night and and six o'clock the next morning. Mm-hmm. So it could have um, been in that time frame between twelve and three in the yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I might have missed this during the story, but you said eventually Chris had left and went to a bigger building for the school, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he left, did he happen to notice any more like signs of a spirit at his place, or did they just yeah, kind of no, stop? Yeah, no, it was at his place. Uh, okay. When he left, he left those signs up, and and that's how I knew he was still there because when I when I when I walked through. The empty warehouse. He still had the the like I said the signs saying finishing department and all that. Those were okay. hanging from the rafters. Now the rafters were twenty feet high, right? And these signs were hanging down about uh, three feet from okay. from the rafters, four feet, and all of them would be absolutely still except for the finishing department. It'd be swinging back and forth like you'd see a little kid on a on a mm-hmm. swing, you know. They're yeah. just going back and forth and back. And I'd look at every possible scenario, and I'd stand right underneath that thing and watch it swing. And absolutely no airflow. No, you know, people say, well, you know, it's got to be airflow. You got to have some kind of an air current going through. No. Right. No, because none of the other signs were even, they weren't even moving. And this one had just, I think it'd swing uh, back and forth about two to three feet. It was uh-huh. really that much. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Eric, were you asking if Chris had any experiences outside of the building after in the new, months? like in the new building that he was in? Is that what you're trying to ask? No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. No, not that I knew of. No. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying. No, and, and, yeah. The only reason I ask is I'm trying to, I guess, decipher, discern whether or not this is strictly an intelligent haunting or perhaps a residual or a mix of the two. Uh, because even with a residual haunting, you might notice something be moved here and there if the uh, 
the spirit is caught in a loop of doing something that it that they had once done in the past mm-hmm. and therefore you know moving like a power tool or something if that's something they did in the past they may do it again um but it seems like it's yeah, a little bit it, of both so yeah um, well, our place was so messy anyway, nobody could tell. <laughs> I mean, not that I knew of. Not that I knew of. I mean, we were a pretty clean shop, but from day to day, we didn't, uh, we weren't as organized as he was because he, he had a school and people were, you know, uh, had their own tools and they put them away every night and he was the only one that had, uh, tools and whatnot that he left out, um, on a table because he'd be working on a project. He'd be the last one there working on the project, put the tool down, go home, and when he'd come back, the tool was gone. It was uh, in some other part of the building. Okay. And, uh, you know, and that's why he came to me. He said, you know, do you guys have keys to my place? I said, no, nobody's, you know. Well, somebody's in there doing something. <laughs> <And I> just, <laughs> nobody's in there doing anything, Chris, you know. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, I bet you we got a ghost, you know. And and uh, so we talked about it, and we kind of laughed, kind of a, a kind of a scary thing. You you kind of laugh about it, and then on the other hand, you're you're pretty sober to it right. that that you have something paranormal going on in your in your shop. Right. Right. So so it um and and you know I've heard other stories and what have you from other people there's there's a couple of houses in town here that are they're presumably haunted where certain times of the night a uh, uh, attic light will go on and uh, and what have you but I, you know I just hear those things I, I've never seen it for myself but right, right. when you actually really experience it it's uh, it just gives you a whole new uh, you know a whole new perspective on it oh yeah so yeah. uh the the sign that was swinging the finishing department is that where the kid Jamie worked? Is that the tar- department that he was yes. working in? Yes. Uh, well, he worked. He worked. He worked in that in the building. Um, the finishing department was just you know I, I'm talking about probably 200 square foot uh, um, positions. You know, one is cutting department, the other is. Is your uh, you know where they design woods and things, and then mm-hmm. the other one is 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 a sanding department and finishing department, and, mm-hmm. and it was gotcha. just a finishing sign that was left up there that was just just rocking back and forth. Hmm. Well, that's why I asked because obviously he had an a fascination with this particular sign. If he wasn't doing mm-hmm. any of the other signs to get your attention as well, it was just that one sign. Yeah, I, I just heard that he hung himself. So, um, you know, and with all the, and I, I didn't know where or anything. I, okay. It just, you know, I, I didn't get into that. They, they're all pretty, you know, they're all shaken up. The kid was a good kid. He, he was, yeah. he was just a nice kid. You know, and, and you just can't understand that, you know, so much pressure on a young kid like that. And, right. And, you know, and, and and Chris wasn't trying to be a mean guy. He was just saying, look, you know, you, you're 19 years old. You have a family. You, and and a part of having a family and being 19 is you got to take care of me. You got to work. Yeah. You can't right. stay home and feed your babies if, you, if you're not working. And right. so, and that was, um, uh, and he couldn't handle it. I mean, I guess the girlfriend at home wasn't, uh, 
uh, you know, she wanted them home all the time, and and they just didn't understand life, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, what other what, the other thing was really funny is talking to the the medicine man. I mean, they, these guys, <laughs> it's like. I can't believe, you know, honey, what'd you do today? Why don't I talk to a medicine man out in the Navajo <laughs> tribe? And, you know, he's telling me just tell the ghost to go. And my wife's going like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, obviously you've noticed, or, or yeah, obviously you've noticed this ghost around at the time. And obviously you to- had to speak to it in order to uh, ask it to leave but did you try to communicate you or any of you, any of your uh, um, of those who worked with you did they, anyone try to communicate with the spirit at all during its time there or did everyone just kind of keep silent and just keep an eye out I don't know Every, everybody says Jamie did it <laughs> you know, Jamie's been here it almost be like a joke you know something yeah. like what, what happened to this well Jamie's Jamie's been here again you know and it was it was kind of that thing it was yeah, I think it was kind of a combination kind of a, a joke and kind of like a serious wow you know right, right. wow factor there that we really do have a ghost Mm-hmm. And Betty uh, never believed in ghosts, not until she got hit upside the head with one. <laughs> she, she was a real believer after that. <laughs> uh, well, so, like I said, I don't think uh, anybody can really believe it until they experience it. I mean, mm-hmm. nowadays, like we were saying, we've got the shows, we've got different movies out that are I, I guess you could say promoting hauntings and everything else but uh, you don't know what you're dealing with or what what you're going to experience until y- you actually go through it so right. it's interesting yeah. that uh, how long ago was this that this happened it was 2002 okay okay so it was just at around the, 2002 2001 2002 and and it lasted the whole ordeal lasted I'd say about a year and a half. So it was still kind of taboo at that point. So that's kind of interesting that uh, everybody was still kind of like kind of keeping hush hush, but at the same time yeah. kind of joking around about it. Well, the, the only the only one that was dead serious about it, and then looked me in the eye and said, "Well, you want me to come pray about it?" Was Father Tillman? Right. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and he and he was like, "I said, Father, I got a ghost." He, he's a he's a, well, is he friendly or is he is he is he mischievous or? <laughs> and I'm going like, "Are you kidding me? You really believe me here?" So you know, he um, uh, I don't know if they take classes or whether he was. He was a, a part of that, that that did exorcisms or mm-hmm. or whatever the case, you know. Of course, I guess one of the most famous uh, exorcisms was here uh, in St. Louis area. So, mm-hmm. right. isn't that the one with uh, that the uh, that the exorcist uh, was based on? Yeah, the exorcist yes. was uh, done off of. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did you, you guys never had any experiences at your home? Like, it didn't. He didn't follow you mm-hmm. home or anything like that. No, no. You know, as far as I knew, he he, he stayed in that building until I asked him to leave. Hmm. And uh, you know, I didn't know that I was doing any good. I just, I just actually, I I went next door, and I can remember this so well. You know, people were saying, "Well, how can you remember back to 2002?" You know, I was like, "I can remember this so well because there's not many times you walk into an empty building and say, okay, Jamie.' <laughs> you right. know, yeah. it's." Uh, and that's what I did. I walked in and said, right. now, Jamie, I says, you know, you've been here a while. 
Um, Chris is not coming back. Uh, I hope you. you uh, I, I I hope that I help you realize that Chris is not coming back, and there's no reason for you to be here. So you know, it's time for you to to uh, to go. It's time for you to go on to uh, you know uh, your next life. Um, staying here is not going to do any good because you're not going to get to see Chris again. And after that, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say you know it's something that you can't forget because I, I see often in the paranormal community uh, those who you know people people will have trouble remembering yesterday, but remembering <laughs> a haunting that they that they experienced twenty years ago is you know a piece of cake. It's easy to remember that. Uh, and I think it's the same way for me and Justin too. Some of the things we've witnessed uh, and that are most memorable happen to be the times that we had witnessed some kind of paranormal haunting of some sort, uh, sure. or, you know, or some kind of incident as such. Yeah, I can't even remember what I ate two days ago, let alone anything else from maybe a week ago. But if you ask me about a haunting that I experienced, yeah, I remember every minute of it. Yeah, well, you know, the other thing I remember very clearly is uh, when I was uh, back in 1967, 66, <laughs> when I was like 13 or 14 years old, I, I lived out in Southern California. And uh, and mom and dad got us boys up at, oh, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Um I think Dad had to let one of the dogs out or something, and he came in, woke us, us boys up, and uh, over the skies of Southern California, there were three UFOs. And now I, I know a lot of your listeners going to say, "What? What's with this guy?" But actually, we had three UFOs. There were three bright objects that were moving in unison with each other, up, down, around, and then all of a sudden, boom, they were gone. And I mean that's something I never forgot. So don't tell me there's <laughs> <laughs> UFOs aren't real because you know I I witnessed that. That was something. Right. Um, at that point in time, we didn't have any aircraft that could uh, hover like that and go up and down sideways and back and forth and and then go straight up in the air and boom, gone. Mm-hmm. You know. So you know that that. Right there, just kind of say, you know, you got to keep an open mind about this kind of stuff, you know. Right. Um, right. So, uh, but I know we're not talking about UFOs, but, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, <laughs> well, I think, it just uh, opens up your mind, yeah. I think Eric can attest to this, that uh, there are a lot of people that have not just one particular experience into what we now call the paranormal, but uh, there are people that ha- have seen Sasquatch, experienced ufos and then experienced in haunting some some point in their life and you know i think eric and i when when there's so many instances in a row start to wonder is there something more going on like uh have you ever experienced anything other than those two experiences that far apart or was it just those two particular instances and that was it um, in my life, that's, uh, you know, I'd heard a lot of stories, but my personal, uh, in my personal life, that those are the two things that, uh, that the unexplainable, I guess. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and, and those are the only two things. One happened in, in, like I said, 1967, 68, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in California and the other here in Missouri in, in 2002. Okay. Yeah. You know? I think what, uh, I think one thing that Justin is trying to get to, like saying that him and I agree on is that in the paranormal community nowadays, and this isn't something that is like 
mainstream yet. It's kind of just building. But there's this idea that UFOs, ghosts, even like the cryptid thing with like Sasquatch and all that, if you believe in Bigfoot, um, kind of have a connection. And maybe they're all one and the same. And somehow they link mm-hmm. together. Uh, there have been stories about hauntings, pretty big hauntings, uh, which not only have the so-called ghosts in the house, but also have UFOs flying over top of it. Uh, many people have experienced two, both of them at the same time. Uh, and, if, and I think one of the interesting things, which this is just kind of getting wacky, even, even at this point you're like, oh, I've only experienced two things, and now here we are talking about this. <laughs> but uh, UFOs, you know, some people think that maybe they are portals in which ghosts can come in and out of or spirits can come in and out of. Uh-huh. Uh, and so there's, I mean, there's these different possibilities, not saying that they do connect, but, you know, seeing something when you're a kid and then seeing something however many years later, you can kind of draw back to the conclusion like, huh, I wonder if this was the, you know, this was the first time I experienced it. And now that I'm a little older and a little more aware, maybe this is the second time, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of connection. Maybe there's not. It's interesting though, because there people will go their entire life without ever witnessing a ghost and without ever witnessing a UFO. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. And and my son, my son is the one who saw the ghost, and and he yeah. he he had never thought anything about ghosts before in his life until he saw this, and he walked in and he was he was he was uh, white as a well, he was as white as a ghost. And he was he was he, I mean he he was like what's wrong? What's the matter? And he said I just saw a ghost. And I said oh come on, and he did not know that this this happened. Right. Um, he did not know it. He he was in college. Uh, we didn't say anything about it. He didn't read it in the newspaper. He had no clue who Jamie was. He had no clue what he looked like, what he wore, uh, that he was wearing a Metallica shirt or anything like that. There, there was just no way that he would have known that. And when he walked yeah. in and said, I just saw this and he, and he described the kid and then I called the I called the detective who thought I was crazy and <laughs> and said and I and I described exactly what the kid was wearing and you know the tech, detective says is this a joke and I says no it's not you know we just saw him it's it's, it's you know that's it right. <laughs> what can I say you know but he was still skeptical but didn't yeah. matter right well and most cops or scientists or you know any anybody who is outside of what we now know as the paranormal community, especially yeah. cops in particular. They'll they'll look at you like you're crazy, or they'll just be like, "Uh-huh, sure, yep, that's what happened." Yeah. You know, well, they're naturally yeah. skeptical, you know, yeah. and and usually they have to. Be. They got to be cautious of their surroundings, and so yeah, naturally they're trained to be a little skeptical of everything they hear and everything they see, just to be aware. Uh-huh. Um, so it's unfortunate. But well, and I do encourage yeah. people to be skeptical to a degree. I mean, don't oh, yeah. just automatically assume that you have a ghost in your house because, well, like for example, like you were saying, Harold, that uh, you know there's something swinging, and you did the invest uh, the research and, and looked into it, and made sure there's no wind blowing, there's no doors open, oh, yeah. you know, there's no there's no back breeze from the con- air conditioner or the the fan. Right. So right. I think to a degree, I think, you know, you have to be skeptical before you start jumping to the conclusion of, oh, I, ha- I have a haunting. Right. Yeah, and like, and like I said, you know, getting back to Betty, I mean, she didn't, she didn't believe in ghosts. I mean, she just, right. she, you know, there's just no way we'd talk about it, and she'd just laugh it off and what have you, but... 
Um, but uh, she learned, <laughs> and it was hard. And it was hard for me to comprehend that. Uh, yeah, now wait a minute. He, he hits you inside the head. Yeah, it's like you walk them, slap me upside the head. You know, and there was nobody there. I thought I thought there was somebody snuck in, and and you know I, I you know I was in trouble. But then when I turned around, there was nothing there. She says, I'm not coming back in here after dark. <laughs> okay. And I wouldn't blame her either, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was, it was, it was, and I'm thinking, why? And I, and I said, oh, okay. I said, you made the joke about Jamie hanging around, didn't you? And she says, yeah. <laughs> and I says, well, you didn't ex- expect him to come out and, and knock you inside the head, you know? And she just, that was it. <laughs> so. You know, all these things, all these things happen. Just, uh, you know, it's not coincidence. There's no way it's coincidence. It's just, there's just no way that these things would happen. Right. You know, uh, it, it did happen. It happened. I saw it. Uh, other people saw it. Chris saw it. I think that's why Chris left. <laughs> he didn't want to be on it anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so it was a very experience. It was a very interesting experience. And, uh, um, you know, and, and when I when I got a hold of you guys, uh, or I, I forgot what was it through LinkedIn or something. Yeah. Um, yep. um, you know, I had to tell you the story because I mean, it, it was just, it's it just, uh, you know, it's just, it was just phenomenal when right. it was mm-hmm. going on. So, uh, you know, I uh, and that's it. I, you know, I haven't had any more experiences like that since. Uh, <laughs> that was that was it. Yeah. Well, folks, we're going to go ahead and take our second and last break here real quick. We are talking to Harold Hogarth. We will be right back after Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. How's it going, Parafans? Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And these headlines are from AlteredDimensions.net. Remarkably clear photos of triangular UFO surface this week from Virginia. A new set of UFO photos add to the rash of UFO sightings this year. And they might be the best triangular UFO photos to date. Shot in Charlottesville, Virginia, around 8.55 p.m. on July 24, 2016, the photos show a triangular-shaped UFO moving low over Route 29. Route 29. The craft was witnessed by a Virginia woman and her mother. According to the witness, the UFO was at first stationary, then moved in a northeast direction on a straight-line path and was gone. The object in the photo appears to be consistent with prior reports of triangular UFOs. Triangle shape, likely military, with three bright portal-like white lights underneath and a red strobe in the middle. The witnesses initially thought the craft was a drone, but noticed that it appeared to be moving very fast. During July, there have been several triangle UFO sightings in the Charlottesville area, This recent incident is being investigated by MUFON under the case number 77904. Possible Ohio Serial Killer Revealed Hidden Torture Room Containing Bloody Women's Garments Found in Search of Jogan Murder Suspect Home 
20-year-old Sierra Jogan was riding her bike with her boyfriend on Tuesday, July 19th, when the two parted ways near Evergreen High School in Metamora, Ohio. They continued texting when suddenly text messages from Jogan just stopped. By evening, it was clear that something had happened to Jogan. Law enforcement searched the area and discovered her purple bicycle near where she was last seen. They also found signs of a struggle. Three days later, on Friday, July 22nd, her body was discovered in a shallow grave along County Road 7, not far from where her bicycle was found. That same day, 57-year-old James Worley of Delta, Ohio, was arrested on abduction charges. He had pled guilty to an eerily similar abduction crime, one that also involved a female bicyclist in 1990 and had only served three years in prison for it. The woman escaped, injured, but alive. A search for Worsley's truck revealed zip-tie restraints and a ski mask. According to official documents, days later, police searched Worley's phone records and found that he had allegedly spent two hours in the area of Jogan's abduction, then spent more time in the area where her body was found. A search warrant for his home was obtained and his three-acre property in the 10,600 block of Country Road 6 was searched for additional evidence. What police found was sickening. Police say that inside a barn, in an area concealed by bales of hay, was a secret hidden room. Inside the room, police found bloody walls, duct tape, maps, hidden cameras, masks, restraints for holding a human against their will hanging on the walls, and a carpet-lined freezer stained with blood. Inside the secret torture room, they also found several pairs of female panties, at least one of which was bloodied. Sergeant Matthew Smithmeyer of the Fulton County Sheriff's Department believes not only that Worley is responsible for Jogan's murder, but probably for other missing local young women's as well. In official case documents, he wrote, Worley fits the profile of a serial offender and could potentially have additional victims who could have been kept at his property. Investigators say they are now expanding the case in an attempt to determine if Worley is a serial offender. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we're talking with Harold Hogarth about his paranormal experiences. Unfortunately, Harold, we are at the end of the show here. Um, but lo- what okay. we would like to, yeah, what we'd like to do though, as we do with all our guests, is just give you a moment to, uh, tell people where they can find you, plug anything you'd like to plug. The floor is yours. Feel free to say whatever you'd like. Well, awesome. Uh, I, I've been an entrepreneur for years, uh, designed and built a lot of stuff, but uh, my new product I have right now is just absolutely great. If you know anybody that has uh, problems eating, um, that has hand problems, uh, I've developed a product called Eat Right, eat-right.us, 
And what it is, it's a, it's a line of uh, utensils, eating utensils, that for those that cannot feed themselves, uh, they can they can actually feed themselves. Uh, it's an awesome product. We also make a product for kids uh, between the ages of two to six that uh, you put this uh, utensil on their fingers and uh, they can throw it around all they want, but it's not going to go off the wrist. So it's an awesome product. It's great for those uh, those people, uh, special needs people especially, uh, some of those special needs kids that uh, that have problems uh, trying to feed themselves. This is a product that we've just come out with. Uh, we've just designed, and it's in manufacturing right now. So, uh, again, if anyone's interested in uh, in our in our our new product, uh, it is uh, eat hyphen rite dot us is our uh, website. You can go there and take a look at the product. And uh, uh, if you if you know somebody that needs uh, that kind of a uh, little bit of help uh, with their eating. Uh, utensils or or whatever. So anyway, that's the product I'm doing now. It's it's awesome and and we love it. So uh, I thank you very much for that that opportunity to get that out there, get the word out there. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's uh, that's all we got for you then, uh, Harold. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I think that uh, people like yourself should come out, and you, you know a lot of people. She want to share their their scary stories or you know the the stories that are going to kind of get people a little upset because then they're afraid that it's going to happen to them but your story in particular i mean there was no dramatic scene you know it, it happened you asked the the spirit to leave and nothing ever happened again so i think it's a very interesting experience because you don't hear that very often mm. so um thank you so much for coming on and oh. uh, you have yourself a good night Eric and Justin, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Alrighty. Bye-bye. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, folks. That was Harold Hogarth, and uh, he wanted to come on to share his experience, which I was more than happy to have him on, especially when we had an opening to actually get him on. So, definitely an interesting story. Um, what's your take on it? Uh, obviously, there's two sides to how how we do the show um as far as coming from the christian's christian perspective like for him just to ask the the spirit or the demon if you will to leave and it works what's your what's your take on that oh i mean i know see this is kind of thing that would often maybe stump people but in reality you know even demons they're not always out to We'll put it this way. They're always out to deceive, but they're not always out to harm. Uh, not directly, maybe indirectly. So in this case, call, allow, allowing this, uh, Harold and his coworkers to see the spirit or to witness something going on opens their mind to the possibility of the spiritual world. And by doing that alone opens doors. So, you know, Harold hasn't seen anything since then, since 2002, but that doesn't mean he may not witness something or experience something sometime in the future, nor any of his right. friends or son or anything like that, which is still dangerous. Uh, you know, as we all know, uh, those of you who listen to the show, it is very dangerous to contact a spirit, even if it's very much there. You know, you don't want to talk to it. Uh, you don't want to talk one-on-one with it. You don't want to really acknowledge it that it's there. It's one thing that you notice that it's there. But actually opening the door of communication, that can cause a lot of trouble. Uh, you know, you know, Harold was saying that 
everyone kind of joked about it, but he was surprised at how serious his the priest had his priest had gotten uh, when he brought it up. He just asked, "Is it you know, is it a nice spirit or is it uh, uh, mischievous?" Mischievous. And of course, depending on the priest, you know, whether it's a priest or a pastor or a reverend, et cetera, et cetera, they're going to come at it with different views. You know, uh, I think there's many priests who will believe in both good spirits and bad spirits. There's those that'll believe it's only demonic. There's those who don't believe in demons, which is weird in its in, a, in and of itself. Um, so you know, you know, the fact that the priest has some kind of s- serious tone in regards to this to this possibility of a spirit, you know, it shows his concern. Because obviously, there's concern to be had. Uh, you know, one thing that I and this is maybe off a little bit of track, but. He had mentioned, you know, he wasn't sure how exactly it works in regards to going to school for exorcisms and this and that. Because mm. his priest said he'd come pray for it, but he didn't know, you know. The truth is there are certain guidelines and protocols that spiritual leaders uh, have to take or, or those who work in the spiritual field. Uh, whether they're priests or reverend or, you know, a Catholic priest. depends on, you know, it depends on the religion itself, too. Uh, whether you're Catholic or you're Baptist or this or that, you know. As a Catholic... You need to, you do need to be trained. You need to be trained in an exorcism. Not every single priest can do an exorcism. But that doesn't mean they can't pray for, uh, I guess, I don't know what better word to use, but salvation from that spirit. Deliverance, maybe. Deliverance, that's exactly the word I was looking for. You know, it doesn't mean they can't pray for deliverance from that spirit. Uh, but they may not be able to actually go to the home and, you know, do an exorcism. There, there's usually, specific priests from the Vatican who'd come out to do that. And they can only do an exorcism if the Vatican gives them the okay. Again, that's in regards to Catholic priests. There are plenty of Baptists and uh, non-denominational believers out there who don't even have to be a pastor. Like me, personally, I don't have to be a pastor. Uh, as you know, far as just like Vatican, being licensed is what you're saying? Yeah, licensed yeah, license or anything like that. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to be licensed to do an exorcism. There, There is a safe way to do an exorcism. And I will tell you firsthand that Many of the exorcisms that the Catholics have done in the past were not done correctly, and many deaths had uh, been the result of such. But you look at someone like me, for example, or you look at like our buddies Heidi and Scott, they've done, you know, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote exorcisms. You're capable of going in as long as you know what you're dealing with. A lot of people were like, oh, you need to know the name of the demon according to Catholic protocol. You need to know the name of the demon. You need to know this. You need to know that. You don't. You don't need to know the name. It doesn't matter. You know, Jesus never once said, demon, what is, well, that's, you know, he doesn't typically go to every he demon. He didn't do it to, to do an exorcism. He didn't do it to do an exorcism, you know. Uh, and the only time we actually ever hear about, you know, a demon's name is either when we hear about Beelzebub, which is Satan, right. or we hear about Legion. You know, those are the only two times in the Bible we really hear about a demon's name, you know, a demon possessing someone. But Jesus didn't go up to every demon and said, what's your name? <laughs> you got to tell me your name or I can't cast you out, demon. What is your name? No, he doesn't do it. He just says, you, out. And it's simple as that. He doesn't even have to talk, you know. It's, so It's funny that you bring that up because <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's true, it, it's never really mentioned. Same thing with like angel names. It's never really mentioned in the in the Bible except for a couple. And right. uh, you know, Legion, we we call that a name for a demon, but they they say call us Legion because we are many. Right. That wasn't exactly. necessarily a it was name. The of name. The name. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which movies often get wrong. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's actually a, a really interesting uh, way to look at it as far as uh, you know the difference between the Catholic Church and, and other uh, denominations of Christianity. And I mean, when you, when you look into it, you know, you find out that when they're doing that, they're trying to get the name because they feel that that has power over the demon and you know that that's how they're going to cast it out and it's you know we get into that whole whole debate of you know is is uh catholicism really doing what what the christian faith is is asking of it and a lot of people will say no and to an extent i i believe that there are catholics that do follow the Bible more more strictly than the Vatican does. Oh yeah, but no, like in, in any denomination uh, of Christianity, there are those who truly are believers because they believe in what the Bible says and they believe uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died uh, on the cross for us and came back. Um, but there's always going to be those in the denomination that just aren't truly saved. Whether you're Catholic, whether you're a Baptist, and there's just some people who don't hold on to the truths. And when you don't hold on to the truths, then that's when you start to question whether or not you know your salvation has really been obtained. So it has nothing to do with being baptized. It has nothing to do with taking the bread and drinking the wine. It has nothing to do with doing you know having a commencement and this and that. It's all just. It's all just made up crap. You know, <laughs> it's not something that Jesus said you had to do. He does say to be baptized. Right. But he doesn't say to be baptized in order to be saved. He just says, basically he says, be saved, then be baptized in obedience to me. You know, right. so. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing. Uh, just, just thinking about Harold's story too, because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, <laughs> depending on, on what you're believing these things are, it, technically speaking, he gave this, this spirit a name. He, he thought it was the dead kid Jamie. So in a sense, you know, he was kind of, and it's weird that the witch doctor had said this too, because this is kind of going along the lines of what the Catholics are saying, you know, tell it to leave, but you know, address it by, by name, I I guess Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's an interesting thing that, uh, two separate, uh, belief systems are, are saying something like that. So, um, yeah, so that's all we have for, uh, Harold Hogarth. Uh, I mean, I personally, I, I honestly don't know. I, I would actually have to, uh, do a little more research into, into it to see, you know, what, what more was going on there. I mean, I believe what Harold is saying, but, um, you know, in the paranormal community, they do, say, they do say, you know, just ask the spirit to leave. Well, is that really going to work? I I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know what what works. You know, I, I know that I, I have prayed and it's worked. You know, I've I've done different types of things and it's seemed to work. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, well, if you, regardless if you think it's a demon or a human spirit, uh, if if it's a demon, it it might go away to make you think it's gone and and then come back. Full force. Well, <clears throat> all right. So, it, I think for one, it depends on the circumstance. But the Bible does say Jesus says it himself because a group of men had come back after trying to uh, do an exorcism and telling the demon to leave, and the demon beat them and stripped them naked and sent them on their way. And so they came to Jesus and said, "You know, 
this demon won't leave. What do we do? And he said, this demon cannot be cast out, you know, by, as such, this one must be prayed, uh, you must pray for this one, basically, not pray for the demon. Right. Forgive me, folks. Yeah. (laughs) Forgive me. I don't have the exact words in front of me, but you know, basically you can, there are some demons where you can simply say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave and boom, they're gone. You can't command them all. Sometimes you got to pray to the, to the father himself and say, Lord Heavenly Father, will you please cast this demon out? Uh, so on and so forth. And that's how they leave. So there's different ways. Yeah, there are specifically different ways to do it. Uh, I think when you start getting into stuff like voodoo and you start using like skulls, human skulls and, you know, blood sacrifices and different rituals and stuff like that to get rid of demons. Well, now we're starting to push the, the <laughs> limits of here. But, um, well, even if you believe that it's human spirits, like to me, if I were to say, for example, if I were to be into voodoo and I'm trying to get rid of a, a human spirit and I bring a, a human skull, well, then now I've just pissed off another human spirit that's going to come and haunt these poor people that I'm trying to get rid of the spirit of in the first place. So it's, it's, I, I wouldn't be like, that would to me wouldn't make any sense, right? But I don't practice voodoo, so I don't know exactly what their their uh, reasoning for that is. But um, okay, so next week, folks, we are going to talk about MK Ultra. Now, you know, Eric said at the beginning of the show we don't usually talk about conspiracy theories. MK Ultra kind of falls into that, but the reason behind this is is I've heard this come up in two separate television shows that. Shelly and myself watch, my wife and I watch together, and it's come up, uh, and I'll even name them, they're uh, the Cartoon Archer and the new kind of mini-series on Netflix, Stranger Things. Both of them have an MK Ultra uh, story in them. I think Archer only brings it up in one episode, but uh the entire basis of stranger things has to do with an mk ultra uh scientific experiment mm-hmm. so um i want to address it and like we were talking about at the beginning of the show about you know this whole thing going on that we might start going into a civil war and you know race wars and all lives matter something with mk ultra which we'll get into next week can be causing that so, uh, anything else you need to add before we head out tonight? Just one thing. Within a few days, I'm going to be releasing a new film. Not the revealed. That one you won't be able to see for another year yet. I know. I'm sorry. But it's going to be a new one. It's actually something that I uh, am the director of photography on. Uh, basically, we had the weekend... 48 hours straight to write, produce, and edit a film. Uh, and, you know, it'll be released in a few days. So uh, make sure we get that out so you guys can see it. And you guys are allowed to do that? Then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it'll be released uh, basically after the film festival. They have several days to review. Oh, and then okay. when they actually, they're going to release them uh, during like a premiere. It'll be a premiere night mm-hmm. where they give awards. Uh, at the festival for different things, you know, whether best film, best actor, this, so on and so forth. Right. Um, which I won't be able to attend, unfortunately. But here's hoping that our film will do well and win some award. Best picture would be great, but, you know, we'll take what we can get. We <laughs> just worked. Ho- you were DP on this one? Yeah, DP on this one. Okay. So. 
Well, look forward to that, folks, and you know that'll be a little teaser for the revealed because, <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm at least everybody that listens and watches the show I'm hoping is looking forward to it. Um, I luckily got to get a sneak peek of it, so I'm looking forward to the circuit or the the festival circuit for you and I know that it's gonna do great so I'm hoping that uh, you keep up with the good work on all of your oh, yeah. films. Oh yeah. So alright folks, until next week, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Parachutes Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratoothradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I <don't know>. right. <laughs>